Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Start Simple podcast with me, Andy. How are you? Thank you very much, as always, for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Um, You probably don't realise that it actually makes a difference to my life when people listen to this podcast. So, yeah, thank you. If you obviously find the episode useful, it would mean a lot to me if you could share it, if you could tell people about the podcast, tell me that you've listened. Like, again, podcasting's a weird little thing. I never know who is listening. So it would be good to find out who you are and what you take out of the episode. So, yes, um, today's episode, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about weight loss, or, or more specifically when weight loss isn't happening. I think it's uh, it's a conversation I have quite often. I say quite often, I would say genuinely every single week um, with people I work with or some of you guys online or or whatever. And I, 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 it's a frustrating one. It's a really frustrating topic, especially when in in almost all the cases when I speak to somebody when maybe they're not seeing the progress that they want, it's, it's very rarely through a lack of effort. And I think that's really important to understand. There's, there's this fitness rhetoric that goes around online about not wanting it enough and people like personal trainers who've not got any concept of what people actually go through when it comes to to this side of stuff just pass it off as are oh, they, they're not trying or they, they're not putting effort in and it's it's never all right now bollocks sometimes it is the case but it's very rarely the case um we we all know ourselves sometimes we can we can go at things a little bit half-assed but i think in general and definitely when i have these conversations with people and this is who i'm talking to now is when you actually are you you feel like you're doing everything you can be doing and you're still not seeing the progress you want so yeah that's what we're we're going to cover today is maybe when weight loss progress is stalled and, and what's potentially going on so yeah if you find the episode useful share it if you want more information or if you're struggling with this yourself and, and you want to find out a little bit more about working with me just 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 message me um so there is a few different angles that this can come from, right? There's a few different areas. So I'm just going to sort of go through each each one and maybe some things that I would do to change that you can you can potentially work on. I, I, in fact, do you know what? This wasn't even in my notes to say. But one thing I really want to stress, if you're stuck with weight loss, if you're not making progress with weight loss, it, please don't judge yourself as an individual on that, as a person on that. It's your weight is one of the least interesting things about you, and I know it's still something that you're working to change. I'm not downplaying that, but when you get caught up in your own head and you're like, "Oh, I'm, 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 I'm shit," or "I'm not doing something," or like, and you start to internalize this blame, you, you, a lot of the time you don't speak to yourself very nicely, and it's not making you a bad person because you find these things difficult. And trust me when I say this, so many people find this difficult. You're not doing something wrong. So effectively, what's happened, right? And this one. Let's say maybe you you started a diet, I don't know, a few months ago or six months ago, last year, whatever, and you've lost a certain amount of weight, and this is a really common one. And what happens is you're you're dieting, you're dieting, you're dieting, you're losing weight, you're losing weight, and then it begins to stall. And for whatever reason, it could be two, three, four, five, six months, could be a year, you you just find that you've just got to this point, and even though you're doing all the same things you were doing that were working originally, it's no longer working. And what this often means is that what's happened is that you have found a new maintenance. What was making you lose weight got you from your original weight to the place that you're now at now. That was a deficit for you. The things that you were doing, the foods that you were eating, the way that your activity levels were, the way you were training, those things created a deficit. But over time, as you continue to do them, what that meant is that as the weight was lost, it became that what was your deficit calories 
eventually became your new maintenance calories. Now, I'm going to explain that in a really easy way for you to understand. I want you to close, don't close your eyes actually, if you are listening to this while driving or out in public, you'd look really weird. If you're at home, maybe do close your eyes. But I want you to imagine a pint glass and that pint glass is full of water. Now, you, the at the starting point of your diet, the glass, the glass is full of water. That's where you're at the very start. And we drill a little hole into that pint glass about a quarter of the way down, okay? And what happens is the water starts to slowly leave the pint glass, starts to trickle out about a quarter of the way down. This little hole is in there. And that represents what you were doing at the start of your diet where you were um, exercising, where you started eating, whatever you were eating, and the weight started to stop. Then soon enough, as that water level drops in the glass and it goes below that little hole that we drilled, that you, there's no more water is going to come out of that glass because we got to the new maintenance level. For something else to change, for more water to flow from the glass, ultimately we'd have to drill a hole lower down to begin to create more change within the level of the water. Now what we need to consider then is if those changes are worth it. If you've lost, and this is a real common one, often people have lost like two, three stone and they're like, I just, I just want to lose another couple of pounds or another couple of kilos and then I'll be happy. Will you actually be happier than you are now? Because if I'm saying, again, using that, that analogy of glass, we have to drill another hole a little bit further down. For you, we have to make further changes. Well, what changes are they? Is it going to mean another 5,000 steps a day? Is it going to mean no more takeaways? Is it going to mean reducing alcohol? Is it going to mean not having dessert after dinner? Is it going to mean... Um, taking your calories even further down. They're all the sort of realistic changes that it'll probably mean. But again, and I have this conversation with clients a lot, it's do you really want to change that for the sake of another two kilos, for the sake of maybe seeing a tiny bit more muscle definition? Is that change worth it to you? For some people it is. For some people it's like, oh, okay, I need to reduce my alcohol even further. I think, right, fair enough, yeah, that can happen and then we can continue to see more weight loss. Or... I can bring my calories down a little bit more. That's okay. I, that doesn't feel like a major change or it's not going to impact my life too much. Okay, cool. We can do that. But if you've made a lot of lifestyle changes, you're much healthier, you're enjoying life, you're enjoying the foods that you like, you, you're keeping active, you're training well, and your weight is stored, it's how much is the weight loss? Because from a health perspective, you're probably in a pretty healthy place. How much further is weight loss actually going to add to your life? So that's the first bit, is that potentially you've just found a new maintenance calories and we even need to acknowledge and accept that and sit at that maintenance. Maybe focus on building muscle for a period of time is what I would do. Um, Or you make more changes if you want to speed the weight loss up. I think more often than not, those changes I don't find to be that worth it. Now, the second part of this is, let's say, you are still trying to lose weight. You maybe haven't begun to lose weight, but you are in a deficit. And a phrase that I hear a lot of people say is, I'm in a deficit and I'm not losing weight. Now we're going to assume, because I'm going to circle back around to this in terms of you man, you can see progress when it comes to uh, fat loss without the scales changing, but I'm going to come back to that. But we're going to assume that you're not seeing any progress. Measurements aren't changing, pitches aren't changing, your body fat levels aren't changing, but you say the phrase, I'm in a deficit and I'm not losing weight. I'm going to be really, really blunt. You are not in a deficit. And 
I have this. I'm going to give you the exchange that I have with people so often. I say, well, you're not in a deficit. And then they say, oh, I am. I'm tracking everything. They're like, I don't care. You are not in a deficit. That you, you're tracking somewhere is inaccurate or we're not accounting for something or we're forgetting something. And then the response is, no, no. I am not in a, I am definitely, definitely, definitely in a deficit. No, you are not. Uh, you can't cheat science. <laughs> you, you really can't cheat science on this one. Um, if you are, again, quote unquote, in a deficit and not losing weight, the actual answer is you're not in a deficit. Now, that's not me being like, uh, no, you're not. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. No, it's just really, really common. And I, when I say really common, every single person does it, myself included. Dietitians do this. It's been proven in studies that dietitians underestimate their calories. People were given financial rewards. So the, the, these people ran a study and said, if you accurately track your calories, we will pay you. People still did not accurately track their calories. What does this tell us? It tells us how fucking hard it is to truly track your calories. So there's some obvious sides to this. The obvious sides are if you're, <coughs> is that you eat, well, what, however it boils down to, you're eating more calories than you realize. Okay. Now, this can be, if you are tracking, often it can be around portion sizes or the really simple one is sometimes people will input the incorrect food item. So it might be like, you know, I could go into my fitness pal today and I could add spaghetti and say that spaghetti is a thousand calories. No, it's not. But I could do if I wanted to. Or I could say 50 grams of spaghetti is a thousand calories. It's not. But I could input that. And then you could go into my fitness pal and accidentally choose the one that I put in incorrectly. So that's one thing. Uh, portion sizes, uh, a huge one is you might say, I'm just having a little bowl of cereal. That bowl of cereal could be 700 calories without you knowing it. Liquid calories, things like peanut butters, oils, all these things can be uh, forgotten to track. It's like, oh, I had, I had some toast. Did you track the, like, did you account for the 50 grams of butter that you spread across the two slices of toast? Probably not. These are the little things that it's like, oh, so add them, add them. Okay. All of a sudden I'm, I'm maybe not in that deficit. So that's a really obvious one. Now let's say that you're doing all those things right. That actually you are tracking accurately that you're, you're, you're on it with portion size and you're selecting the same, the right things. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, what's going on? Are you forgetting to track anything? Is it maybe you're eating out three or four times a week and you're not accounting for those meals? Do you make dinner for the kids and eat half of the food while you're thinking it? Are you in the office eating out of the biscuits in all day and you forget to put those things in? Could be that. But then I'd say, actually, no, I don't do that. I'm on top of all that. Um, and you're accounting for things like meals out or takeaways. But then we say, how sure are you? Because meals out and takeaways, I don't care that places have calories on the menu. I don't believe it's, it still is not convincing to me. Something he tells me in a restaurant is 500 calories. There's, there's so much that could go, that could change that. Um, takeaways, for instance, there is no, like any takeaway that you ever eat. I, as a rule of thumb, suggest adding between whatever you think it is you need to add on between 500 to 1,000 calories purely from the oils and the butters they cook in. And that might seem excessive, but trust me, why do you think it tastes so nice and greasy? It's because it's leathered in oils, butters, spreads, and all these different things that they use in sauces. So then it's it's not accounting for those sort of things. You think that you had a an Indian last night that was 1,000 calories, and really it was 2,500 without you realizing it. And again, this is just to make you aware of, again, when we when we say I'm in a deficit, I'm not losing weight. These are where, 
whenever I do work and we start to review things with clients, these are the things that are happening where, ah, okay, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Food labeling. Food labeling in the UK, I don't know where you are based, but most of the people who listen to this are in the UK and Ireland. And food labeling, certainly in the UK, is allowed to be 15% inaccurate. Think about it. They're in a factory making the food, of course. Like, you can't guarantee that everything is going to be the exact number. That's okay. Um, so food labeling can be up to 15% inaccurate. That can mean that what we're told is 500 calories could be 650 calories. Again, it's I don't want to, like, not scare you, but I don't want you to be like, oh, my God, how am I ever going to get this stuff right? It's not about being absolutely inch perfect with it, but it's just about having the information so that when you're faced with these situations, you're like, oh, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. Well, have a think about what I've just said. Are you having three or four takeaways a week? If you are having, honestly, if you're having three takeaways a week and you're not quite sure why you're not losing weight, I guarantee those three takeaways are adding at least a minimum of 2,000 calories that you don't know about. It's not to say don't have the takeaways. It's just to be aware of it. Because then if you are getting frustrated, this is the thing. It can be frustrating. You can get a bit pissed off when, when we're not seeing progress. And again, when you feel like you are doing the right things. It can be frustrating. You can get pissed off. That's cool. Get pissed off. That's fine. But then problem solve it. Be pissed off. Get frustrated. I have no issue with that. That's okay. Like if, if, if you are working hard towards something and it's not happening, I think it's it's almost a healthy response to be like, come on now, what the fuck? However, if we're actually going to change it, we have to be analytical. We have to problem solve and we have to say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do now. This is one of the biggest things about having a coach is that somebody else who's able to to have a calm calm not what's the word there is a word folks and i forgot it's not personal oh my god emotional (laughs) having somebody who's not got the same level of emotional attachment as you who's able to just sit and say okay well this is what's happening yeah yeah it's not it's, it's it's frustrating that's fine but this is what's happening this is what we're doing so now we need to look at try this do this we need to we need to just again problem solve we just need to work out what is going on and make the the changes that suit to make sure it's happening so yeah those are the things that happen or or that can be happening when maybe we're we think we're in a deficit and we're not losing weight now the side note of this what if you're not losing weight but you are in a deficit you've just taken everything i've just said into account you're doing it all right you're training well I've given a bit of the game away there. You're training well. Things are going good. But you're not losing weight. Well, my friends. Does it matter? What about the fact that muscle, one pound of muscle will weigh the same as one pound of body fat. Now, I'm not going to go into the nuances of building muscle hair and, and losing body fat hair. Um, they do. They are different processes. They take different amounts of time. However, it is so, it's so common... And to be honest, I see this more often in females than I do males. Males, you can see weight loss in males. It's much more, it's a little bit more obvious. Tending to, most often with males, when I see them, like a graph of their weight and being deficit and stuff, it's, gen- it's generally just a downwards path. If they're, if they're on it and they're doing things right, you're almost certainly just going to see a downwards path. In females, you can be doing everything right, but still you would see trends where a week goes up, a week goes down, a week goes up, a week goes up, a week goes down, a week goes down, a week goes down, up, down. And it's a re- it's real sporadic for, for multiple reasons. And the other thing that's really common to see in females is not that much changes on the scales, but a real change in body shape, in muscle mass, in distribution of muscle. 
And that can mean that we can see measurements change. We can see clothes start to fit better. We can see muscle being built, which means that we do not see scale weight changes, which is why I always say with my clients, I will have, I mean, I have multiple ways that I measure progress with them, but I'd always say have free. It might be scale weight, then it might be photos, then it might be your training, then it might be measurements, it might be the way that you feel, it might be the way that you sleep, it might be your energy levels, all of these things are markers of progress, it might be your relationship with food, it might be your lifestyle, your relationships, all of these things you can consider as ways of progress that aren't just scale weight, um, but physically have other ways that aren't just scales and isn't just weight loss because again if especially if you're resistance training you'd be mad not to be taking pictures as a method of progress it's picture is going to tell you so much more than scale weight is because resistance training is literally designed to build and maintain muscle mass so if you're in a deficit and you're resistance training and you're doing it well and you're hitting high protein you better be taking pictures because you could very well see changes there that you would not see on the floor and then the last one, and this is, this is, I did a video about this on Instagram this week. Now, Instagram videos have to be a lot faster, but podcasts don't, so I can explain it in a bit more detail. This is one that is very often misunderstood, and it has a fancy little name, and it's called metabolic adaptation. I know that is real fancy. Um, and basically, your body does not realize that the year is 2023. Your body does not realize that you can go onto your phone and open Deliveroo, Just Eat, McDonald's. I don't don't know if they have an app, but I imagine that they probably do. And order whatever you want. It does not realize that you can walk across the street. I can walk across the street. There's a little cafe across the road from me. They do a lovely little bacon sandwich. You might have a Domino's of two minutes around the corner. Your body does not realize that in your fridge it is stacked to the brim of calorie-dense, nutrient-dense foods. It doesn't realize that in Tesco you've got an abundance of food, okay? It doesn't know it's 2023. Your body has come from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of ultimately having to survive, right? Our ancestors, cavemen, they're out in the jungle and they're having to battle and survive and they're not sure when the next meal is coming from because Tesco isn't across the road a thousand years ago, right? So your body hasn't evolved to that level and it still thinks body fat is a protective mechanism because again, think of a caveman, right? Mr. K, trust me, go with this. <laughs> I realize I've just started talking about cavemen, but you're just going to have to just, just, just stick with it. Caveman, he's in a cave. <laughs> My God, honestly, two and a half years studying nutrition, and I'm sat on a podcast talking about a caveman. Um, caveman is sat in his cave, right? And he <laughs> he's sat in his cave. Oh my God, Fred Flintstone. That's who I've got in my head. And um, he's got a bit of body fat on him. He's got a bit of body fat on him. He wants to keep that body fat because he does not know when he's going to next leave his cave and go hunting. And when he does go hunting, he doesn't know if he's going to find whatever cave money. I don't know. They eat deers. Okay, I've said deers now. No, deers were harmed in the making of this podcast. What am I on about? But he doesn't know when he goes out hunting when his next meal is going to come from. So he starts to get hungry. And he starts to get hungry very quickly. Because again, that's his body saying, whoa, we, 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 we're struggling here. We're struggling here. I, and the body is saying, I do not want to burn body fat. I want to keep this body fat because this is to protect me. Okay. Anyway, caveman goes out, he finds his deer, he's happy, but then that whole process has to cycle again. For you, 
you do not need to worry about going hunting for a week for your next meal. The chances are, and whenever you're listening to this podcast, you could right now go and have a meal. Your next meal is probably going to be within the next few hours. You're not going long without eating. But the point being, your body doesn't know that. So what it has is this thing that we call metabolic adaptation, which is where it will try and conserve body fat. I know how fucking annoying that is. Your body will literally work against you when you are dieting. Now, some people can see greater levels of metabolic adaptation than other people. That means their body will go to even more severe um, measures. It might really, really, like it could give real hunger. It could, um, some of the really common things to see are your activity levels go down. So I tap my foot, right? I constantly tap my foot. Like if I'm sat still, I'm not actually sat still. My foot will just be tapping. If you ever see me, right? Not sure why you would see me and start staring at my feet straight away, but you know, this podcast got weird enough, so why not? Um, (laughs) If you ever see me, you'll see that if I'm sat still, I'm tapping my foot. If my body was going through metabolic adaptation and I started to try to diet, one thing that would probably happen subconsciously is I would tap my foot less. That's my body trying to burn less calories. It's trying to keep me more still. It's trying to conserve more energy. We can see this in more obvious ways by when people diet. So if you go into a deficit period, so let's say you go into an eight week deficit period by week and you're doing at the start 10,000 steps by week three or four, your steps might have dropped down to 9,500, to 9,000, to 8,500, to 8,000. Subconsciously, you're moving that a little bit less. Where normally you might decide to walk to the shop, you just decide, ah, do you know what, I'll just drive. And you don't think anything of it in the moment. But it's just your body giving you little signals of saying, actually, I'm just going to slow this down. You might be in the gym and you think that you've worked hard, but you've actually worked putting less effort than you did six weeks ago in the same session. Why? Your body is just saying, okay, I'm just going to hold back a little bit here. Metabolic adaptation. It's one of the massive benefits of things like a step watch is because the most obvious thing that we do in metabolic adaptation is that movement factor. We subconsciously move less throughout the day. Um, And I've completely lost my train of thought. We subconsciously move less throughout the day. And that's what a step watch, that's where it was. A step watch can be a really useful tool to just be like, oh, okay. You know, they have that little buzzer say you haven't moved for a certain amount of time. It can, it's, it's a way of reminding yourself, okay, I need to, to increase my activity levels here. So that's one thing that, that is the, the final area here is to be aware of it is that there are some things that your body will literally try and do to stop you burning calories because it's not as interesting losing. It doesn't care about, you got to understand a lot of people want to lose body fat for aesthetic reasons. And that's absolutely fine. Like it's your body. You are entitled to do whatever you please with it. I think we all like to look good. That's fine. But your body does not care. It would rather keep the body fat is there to protect your internal organs, right? That's pretty much what body fat is doing. Now, again, with the current climate that we live in, I could go down a real barrel of talk about um, obesity and the, the ease of things and how we move less and how we're inclined to eat more calorie dense foods now and the place where food is put in supermarkets and the ease of access to takeaways and everything like that, right? So obviously body fat has now been taken to another level but ultimately the the prime reason for us having body fat is to protect our internal organs and your body would much rather keep the body fat to do that even though me and you know that they are safe and we know that you're not going to go hungry 
Your body does not fully understand that yet, which is why metabolic adaptation takes place so that when you're trying to diet, it will try and almost fight back against it a little bit. And again, it's just understanding that, having awareness about it. The same way it's good to understand maintenance calories, the same way it's important to understand when we're tracking that things can still be inaccurate and that we can see changes that around muscle mass without seeing changes on the scales. This whole podcast is just about you having an awareness and an understanding and hopefully you have that now. I'm going to do a real shameless plug here and I don't even care. Get a coach. Get me. Literally hire me because this is my job and I am shit hot at it. <laughs> and I told you it was a shameless plug and I'm not even bothered. Um, I coach you and I'll reference Fred Flintstone and we'll have a great time. More importantly, it means that you've got somebody else who can help you get through this stuff that is frustrating and is confusing. Um, So if you do want to find out more about that, do message me. But hopefully you found the podcast useful and interesting. If you've got any questions, obviously just drop me a message. Um, And again, share it if you liked it. See you soon.